It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, Sports Fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore here in studios. It's that time of year when sports can, you know, slowly come to a standstill that right before training camp week. And it was just the perfect time. I'm like, let's do a whole show. Let's do Bobcats. Let's get him in here. The voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein, joining us on the program today. We're going to, we got a full show, no Reds tonight. We're going to go all Bobcats. We'll probably get into some fun topics. I know you're not uh, just a all Bobcats guy. You're way into the wide world of sports and, and we're just going to try to kick back and have a good time on today's show. Good to see you again, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, what, since baseball season. It has. The run. I enjoyed uh, calling a couple of those games with you and have been following all your stuff, all the fun stuff that you're adding on to the sports fan, the the kind of video hits yes. that you're doing. You're you're taking it and adding on to it, and you're kind of adding layers to this whole sports fan. And everything you know, you're doing on power as well, and... It's really the whole Lucas Moore experience, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to do as much as I can um, because it's fun. I really do have a have a good time doing it all, um, and especially with football season coming up, like there's just going to be so much stuff to talk about. Yeah. And I figure if I'm going to yell about it, I figure if I'm going to emote about it and make points and look at stats and think about it, I might as well put it into a format where other people can also hear those crazy thoughts that I spend a lot of time thinking about, like. I, the amount of time I've sat at night thinking about how the TVC Ohio is going to play out this year really is probably unhealthy for high school football. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, and I haven't even really had a chance to truly sit down and dive into it. And like, that's just the freedom of graduating is I don't have class to, to bog me down this year. It's literally, I can, I can show up and it's work to be scrolling on Southeastern Ohio preps to be finding extra nuggets of information, to be working on my uh, spot chart. It becomes work, which makes it a lot more fun. And, I, and I've really, I really have enjoyed it. And I think that's why you and I like this profession is because you are, when you're more productive, you're doing the thing you want to do more. And that, that's so weird is that, yeah, I did so many games this week, but I love doing games and it's better than sitting in an office, you know, making phone calls. And, and that's why I love this profession. Is that one of the big reasons why you love it? Well, I, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was, this was true. me and this was it at four years old. Sure. I, obviously, I, I wish I was out there making millions playing these sports, playing a sport. I don't know, man. I'm oh, like, oh, come on. I would. Okay. Oh, at, your, at your age, though, you want to go out there right now? You at 39, know? I think I could still do some stuff. You but... would go take hits right now on the NFL football. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think Well, for NFL... that minimum paycheck, I would actually go out there yeah. and get my butt whipped for one game. But really, all of this, and we talked about it uh, off-air, we've talked about it on-air. I mean, my, my dad was a broadcaster. Our house was a sports information department, um, really, um, pre-internet. And, and just the understanding of, of, of broadcast structure, of conference affiliations, of, of a litany of different things. Um, this is what I was meant to do. And, and really, you know, 11 years at Ohio has gone by real fast. I can't believe it's been 11 going into 12. Um, but this was... And is what I'm supposed to do. And where it goes from here, who knows. Um, but fortunately, uh, fans have largely, the fans have enjoyed how we've put the words to the pictures uh, and the events of some great moments in Ohio athletics history. But 
beyond that, you talk about uh, staying up at night and thinking about high school football in Southeast Ohio. You know, when I was back home for these couple of weeks, back uh, just west of DeKalb in Illinois, um, my dad and I would talk about just random schools. You know, Louisiana Monroe, how, how are they going to be this year? You know, we talk about, well, gosh, Rice football has really struggled yeah. or, or this or that. I mean, you have these kind of conversations, and, and that makes you think, you know, this is really what it is that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it just it's easy. It's become such a part of your life in your day to day that knowing these knowing these things, having this information, being a nerd about these topics, it just is what you do. It's kind of like this is what I'm, I'm I like reading about sports. I like watching sports. I like diving into numbers, all those things. Let's dive into the Bobcat football team a little bit, and we'll definitely circle around to topics just like this one. Sure. Uh, throughout the show. I'm excited for Ohio football, but I'm also a little nervous because there are clear potential problems. You've got the lack of depth at the tackle positions. There's a whole new running back core. There's a whole new inexperienced wide receiver core. I mean, D.L. Knock can be considered a captain in that room, and I love D.L., but he has not been an elite receiver at the collegiate level. So there's just a lot of question marks on the offense. But then you've got the big exclamation point in the quarterback in Nathan Rourke. He's the guy that you feel like is going to be able to carry anything on this offense but maybe he can't you know maybe it's uh, a hyped expectations and maybe the offensive line and aj olette and poppy white did help nathan work out more than we thought i tend to think that's not the answer but it makes me nervous thinking about the question i think ohio is the best team in the mac i think that this is the year that the drought ends this is the first year since 1968 that ohio football um will win the mid-american conference um, I think that where this program is right now, uh, the fact that they have a proven uh, highlight uh, quarterback who has even more potential, yeah. uh, the depth that they've recruited based on the rest of the lay of the land in the league. And, and I heard the show last night where you spoke to the guest from Pro Football yeah, Focus. Yeah, Pro Football Focus, Cam Miller. Um in breaking down some positional stuff about the league, but I think it said a lot about the league in broad strokes. Um, I think the bottom of the league isn't as good. I think there is a gap between the top three or four teams uh, and the rest of the league. Um, I think that this program has done a very good job in teaching, in developing depth of the recruits that they've recruited. Uh, So sure, there are going to be question marks. Uh, but I think Julian Ross can be a very good Mid-American Conference running back. I think Cam Odom can be a highlight wide receiver, and there are some others there too. I think on each position of the defensive side of the football, um, Will Evans, uh, Jared Dorsa, and then guys in the back, um, obviously Javon Hagen uh, with the blue spiked gold shoes that he wore at Mac Media Day and all. Um, then the offensive line. There are going to be new parts there. But they've taught these guys really well. And then the special teams. So, sure, you're always going to have turnover. But Ohio's the best team in the league even with that turnover. Um, and I think Toledo and, and maybe Western and Northern would be 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, and, the, and the way this team's culture has been built, like I talked to second and third string guys, and they just talk about the competition there is at their position groups this year. Like, I, there's a chance that there's some vicious position groups that are just miles better than we expect for Ohio because this program has stacked up the talent, has stacked up the guys that are working in the weight room, that all of a sudden you get one year where you have all these openings across the offense and a spattering of opening across the defense, and it just is, it's a peak year. You have a star quarterback, and everybody's just geared up, ready to go, and they've been competing 
since the first of the year. The linebackers have been competing. I mean, like, it has just been the strides I've seen from some of the guys I know in the weight room. Sure. You know, physically has been really impressive to see. But speaking on your point about the rest of the league, I think that conversation with Cam really revealed to me that a big problem with Ohio in terms of winning the conference is Ohio has always been that consistent light. They're always on, but there's been an occasional fireworks in the league, and that has always seemed to get in their way. Last year, Buffalo, they were a firework. They went off. A lot of years, Ohio, with that record, going through their schedule the same way they did, you go a lot of years in the Frank Solich era, they make the MAC championship game. But you had Buffalo, that dynamite, at the top of the division. And it just doesn't feel like there's that team. There is not the firework in the MAC. It feels like that Ohio's consistency is finally going to pay off because of the rest of the league. It doesn't feel like there's going to be this 12-0 and type team. There's been a lot of talk, and for years, and rightly so, that Ohio, you can mark it down, just like the sun comes up in the east, sets in the west. Ohio's going to be eight or more wins, yep. and that's a consistency that Ohio has, has built towards. Um, but you can also have the point that there is going to be a team somewhere on that schedule that is going to trip Ohio up. One team, and you don't know who it is. And they really shouldn't lose to them. Correct. Happens every year. And that's happened. The challenge of this team now, and they're aware of it, and I think it helps that Nathan Rourke was a part of that last year. That loss at Miami, that really stung. That really did. Two years ago, Akron. Akron. It's It's happened a lot, and it's been one of them. That has been the limiting factor of them getting to the MAC uh, championship game uh, four, five, six times. They've already been there, uh, what, 06, 09, 11, and then after that, four times yep. in the Frank Solich era. Uh, but, but they could have been there more. That Akron game, man, <laughs> oh. I've had, listen, the, I think the before that moment, it was the 2015 playoff. I'm a huge Bengals fan. It's the 2015 playoff game. Everybody knows the story, the way they blew it at the end. Vontez, Burfecht, Jeremy Hill, that, sure. that whole debacle. Um, I, that one, I was nearly brought to tears, but it was mainly silence. And then I unfortunately snapped at my girlfriend at the time, who Ooh. was like laughing at me. She was like kind Uh-oh. of smiling oh, that no. I was so distraught. Uh-oh. And you just like, listen. Dumper. I, I did eventually. Good but. for you. <laughs> that is completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. It's and another a, layer to the sports fan. a couple years later. Um, the second moment to me that happened like that, and it was actually worse, is I was watching that Akron game at Max McDoolan's house, and we had hyped it up all day. We Should have been listening to it, too. Uh, well, I listened to it because I was doing the halftime show at that point, so I was always listening to the first halves. So, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, we might not, I might not have done it. I don't remember. Anyway, we were at Max McDoolan's house, and that game ended, and I had to walk outside, and I, I, almost, like, I gagged. Like, it was, it was, I was sick to my stomach. It was such a disappointing loss. Because of what happened the two weeks prior. Like the Miami game, there was momentum for this team, but you knew Buffalo was that threat at the top. You knew you you still had to play them. You weren't 100% certain. But this Akron, Akron was the only team in the way. You had Cato Nelson, who had just started in the middle of the year, so you felt confident. And the two weeks prior, they were dominant. They blew out Toledo 38-10. to Six touchdowns from Nathan Rourke on Halloween the week before that. It just there was it was almost a hundred percent in my mind. There's no way they're going to lose this game. There's no way that this sports team, which I had just fallen in love with because my I came to campus, they were pretty pure. I had not seen the failures of Tettleton and twelve. I had not seen the earlier failures from Solich, and I definitely wasn't paying attention to Bobcat football in the nineties when I wasn't alive. 
But my version of the Bobcats hadn't disappointed me too much yet. They went to the MAC championship. They almost upset Western Michigan, and then they absolutely take my guts and rip them out with that Akron. Game. The the tough part, and and it's interesting that it comes back to this. Um, but frame of reference is a very important thing in sports. Yeah. Right. Momentum. Uh, in life, yes, you know the experiences that you amass. Unless you are a hundred percent in everything, yeah, um, you're going to have some failure that is going to give you pause. Always, yeah, um, and and that always comes back to sports too. That makes you nervous. If you just win every game, why would you be nervous? Yeah, a, a little kid is not nervous about things because they've had no failures to fall back on to make them say, "Well, gosh, this might not be a good experience uh, going to uh, kindergarten today." Well, even that game, you shared the highlight earlier today, uh, or I think Max shared it. That was in the Akron game. They yes. did the, the, the Philly special. That, that they they right. did it before yeah. that Super Bowl even happened. Yeah. So you had plays like that happening in the game. Right. Nathan Rourke was wearing the different jersey. It just, even in the game, it felt like they were going to win. But, but it, it didn't, I could tell you, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. I just it, it didn't from, feel right, but I thought they were going to win well, still. Like, I, from, now again, frame of reference. We unfortunately had seen that once or twice before in season. Yeah. And and there was so much going into it, like that's it, it's happening tonight. Ohio's winning and this is done. Yeah. Um it's always interesting going to Akron, particularly on midweek nights, because Nobody it, goes. Is, it, it is a it's a beautiful stadium. And it's just but like they should 12. have taken some of the and I'm not gonna tell an athletic department how to spend their money, but gosh, that east side that money could have been used to renovate the jar. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. So there, there weren't a lot of people there. It, it just had a weird feel to the day. Akron had a couple of plays. And then they put some drives together. And I could tell you that Rob and I, and I think Michael Stevens, my direct uh, boss, associate athletic director at Ohio, and we were in that, that radio booth, and we were kind of looking at each other like, oh, no. Oh, no. It, 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 it just felt like it was too far down the tracks. And, and and there was just not going to be a way that Ohio was going to win the game. But the thing is, they had opportunities late. They did. I think Poppy White sure. misplayed that ball a bit, that fade. I yeah. think he should have kept running and, yeah. and instead of trying to go up for it and high point it. I'm like, Poppy, you're not the tall. Like, you know, use your speed there. But yeah. that's such a small mistake in the game. Sure. I'm not blaming Poppy, but it was just like there were so many plays where they, they felt like they had it, and then Nathan Rourke had that big pick. That was just brutal. It was just, it was a brutal game. The, the amazing thing about all of this is that this um, position that Ohio is in is um, they're, they're in the position where it could be one game that trips them up. You, you, know what I, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm articulating that correctly. I, but, well, they're, they're but better than every team. They've won yeah. so much now consistently. It's amazing that it's been just one in these years that has tripped them up. Um, they've been close to winning more non-conference games. That's why, and, and we had a, a staff meeting today, and, and Mike Ashcraft, uh, Sports Information Director at Ohio, uh, Matt Moldy, who's the IMG head at Ohio, we, all kind of, we looked at, the, at Pitt's schedule. Pitt opens up with Virginia in Week 1. Ohio gets Pitt after a conference opener. In week two, Ohio's got Rhode Island. This is the year where you can look at this non-con and say, all right, you could get Pitt. If you get Pitt, you could get Marshall and Huntington. Um, Louisiana was picked 
to win their division in the Sun Belt. They were in the championship game last year. That's a sneaky good non-conference game. But just the lay of the land of the schedule, it is favorable for Ohio to to really gain that green and white momentum moving forward. And, it, and who knows if there's going to be a setup for there to be a trip-up game. My question is, is Frank Solich really fully committed to winning those non-conference games? Is he going to pull something out that he knows he could use later in conference games or some sort of... I don't know. There just always seems to be this this feeling during the non-conference games that like, hey, we lose, no worries. Which is true, though. If they, It's all about the conference. They could go 0-4 in non-con. And if they win the MAC at the end of the year, nobody's going to care. I mean, well, losing to Rhode Island would probably be pretty bad. But. Yeah, they shouldn't lose to yeah, Rhode don't, Island. Uh, one and, and, in three in non-conference. Well, Frank Solich has never lost to a 1AA school, and I don't FCS think he, school. I don't think he will. In, in his time here. I think zero chance of that happening. You know, I, we look back to the Purdue game. That was a, that was a frustrating game uh, two years ago. Yeah. Bad start. Right. Rough crowd. No doubt. And it was the first night game, and it was a setup for them. It was a Friday night. They had never had their permanent lights there before, and they were ready to go. Yeah, they were gone. Um, and so that was part of it. And But I talked to Frank after that, and that was a game that they felt that they should have played better. So again, frame of reference, the more things that you amass of things that bother you moving forward. I think that Purdue game, even from two years ago, is something that bothers Ohio. Well, remember, Quentin Maxwell started that game, so they weren't even fully into the how they wanted their offense to run in that season. Because I, I know that Nathan didn't do amazing in that game, but having your starter is a real difference in terms of game plan. You want to try to stay on script in the first half. And, and, and yes, there, there are Bobcat fans that are more veteran fans that go back to how things were in the 80s and the 90s and um, – and say, yes, all this winning, you know, this is great regardless of whatever happens. The expectation level in 15 years now under Frank Solich, which is a large amount of time uh, for frame of reference, um, the expectations are higher now than they've ever been. They should be. And rightly so. So you should get mad if they trip up. Yes. Uh, But you also should feel good about this coaching staff, these players that they've recruited and how they've taught them up here in Athens to think that, yeah, they could go in and pit at win. They They can... Roll 4-0 non-conference. They can. They could go to Huntington and win. And this could be the year. And not saying it's it's definitely going to happen, but this could be the year that there isn't that trip-up game. Yeah. Um. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, but it's great to have those expectations, that's for sure. My thing is, outside of Pitt, I think they're better than every team on their schedule. And I think that Pitt, it's not even, what well, probably a touchdown game, I think. Maybe 10. I, I don't really know what Pitt's got coming this year, but it just feels like, at most, they would be a 10-point favorite in that game. And, and that seems a little high to me. And all the rest of the schedule, I think they're better. I'm pretty sure they're better than Marshall. I'm pretty sure they're better than Louisiana. We can't say for certain yet. And I, I, they're better than the rest of the MAC. We've said that already. They, they are going to be a team that is very capable of winning every single game on their schedule. Here's the thing about the Pitt game, and I've said this publicly. It's at Heinz Field. It is. That is three hours away from Athens. Let's do it. That is how many hours away from Columbus? Two and a half? Pittsburgh from Columbus? Thereabouts? Maybe maybe it's equidistant between it Depends Athens. on the traffic. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. But if you are a program where Ohio is at right now, you know, we look at, because it's close, Marshall fans have traveled really well for years. Really well for their big non-conference games for years. Ohio football needs to be at the point where the fan base makes the trip to Pitt. Because A, there are going to be tickets available. B, it's a great city. It's an 11 a.m. start. Ohio fans are fun and they're into this team. And they should be. So when that team hits the field, I'm 
goosebumps right now. When that team hits the field at Heinz Field in week two of this season, there better be thousands of Bobcat fans there. Because that's where this program is at right now. It is not just, well, we got a great band, and I guess we've won a couple of games. Yeah, great band, no doubt, without a doubt. Be proud of them, too. But also be proud and show it for this football team that deserves that sort of support. Yeah, and uh, there's a real chance of that, too, because of the alumni base that's in the city of Pittsburgh. No doubt. It's in, it's Absolutely. insane how many people go to Ohio University that are from Pittsburgh. Students also, yeah. they might look at that. That's week two of the season, which I believe is week three of the school year. That's a big go-home weekend. Okay. So I uh-huh. really do think that there's a chance for a big Bobcat road contingent at Heinz Field from students who are like, oh, Bobcats are playing in Pittsburgh. I'll just yes. go home this weekend Without a doubt. and go see the game, right? I, I think the Pirates are home. Uh, to, not that it necessarily matters, but there, uh, there are a lot more things to add on to it. You got the casino downtown there. You got the pirates Pittsburgh's there. Pittsburgh's for... a great city. Oh, it I is. hate the Steelers, but and I respect them as an organization. But a city, I I loved Pittsburgh. But the enjoyment level that fans should be able to have with a lot of things, and I'm talking with this show, with our broadcast, with Jason Arkley's articles in in the Messenger, uh, going on Bobcat Attack. Um, it is okay to be whatever fan that you want to be. Yeah. If you want to be green Kool-Aid guy or girl, that's fine. If you want to be critical guy or girl, that's fine too. Um, but, but that's where Ohio football should be at right now. And the cool thing is the rest of the country, from a football standpoint, now again, you're never going to win over everybody. No. But there's enough buzz and, and positive talk about a lot of things about this program, university too, um, that that give you reason to, to be proud. And I think this season is going to be a part of that. Another reason to be proud is their recruiting class that Jeff Bowles pulled off. Russ and I will talk about that on the other side of the break. This is The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for You. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants, and another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? 
First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain may answer your questions. Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Siemens, the area's finest locally owned and operated grocery store, has been serving friends and neighbors for over 60 years. Siemens is a healthy, quick alternative for dinner. Stop by the store where you can do your whole week's worth of shopping in just 15 minutes. Siemens Grocery is located at 305 West Union Street. Don't forget the butcher is still in at Siemens. Please call ahead for special orders and the finest cuts of meat when it's worth having the very best. Siemens, your meat store. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Yes, sports fan 970 WATH. 97.1 FM, Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats in studio. I'm Lucas Moore, and we hope you're enjoying your Thursday. Yesterday on air on FM, I said it was Tuesday the entire morning. And then I came on the sports fan and Troy told me that it was Wednesday. So I feel like we're just forward in time. It's that time of the year. This happens to me in the crossover between basketball and yeah. football or football and basketball where you, you and midweek football really makes it feel weird um, where you really start to lose what day it is. And particularly because at that time of the year, the sun sets you know, sooner, it's just weird. It's it's all this bizarre world of games and broadcasts and travel. And before you know it, you it's Hanukkah. Work, I bet you work more on dates. You're like, okay, on the 23rd. Dates like going out with girls dates? No, no, or? no, no, no. Like, well, maybe. Uh, yeah, I need to work on that too. But like twenty, like on the 23rd, I'm doing this. And then on the 26th is this game. And on the 28th is the coach's show. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. I, like, in fact, we were looking at um, the soon-to-be-released basketball schedule. Which I'm excited for. I I really want to see. uh, Do you think they're going to make it difficult, non-con, or are they going to soften it up compared to last year? I know Baylor's already on it, but... Well, that's the tournament in Myrtle. Um, I think it's a good schedule. I think it's a challenging schedule. And and that's what Jeff Bowles has said. I'm not giving away any trade secrets here. Um... But so yeah, you, so, I, you've, so you've have you I've seen, seen the schedule? Okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, but uh, I bring that up because we were talking about all right. Well, football's here, and then basketball's here, and then how are we going to get to here? And then you know, is it an Uber? Is it a rental car? Whatever you got to think about all these things. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, days start to lose uh, their meaning as days more so just numbered dates yeah. and where are you going to be broadcasting tonight? 
Well, I lose track of what time it is when I'm playing the game of basketball at any in any sort of function. I've fallen in love um, with the sport. It's a sport that I didn't play at all, really. I played in like little tiny rec leagues. And then I tried out in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and I got cut all three years. So then I kind of hated it through high school. But then I found it in college, and I've really just started to love this game. And that's what makes me so excited that the Bobcat basketball team was able to pull together this type of recruiting class. According to 24-7 Sports and those recruiting websites, since they've been tracking recruiting, this is the best Ohio recruiting class by about a half a mile. I mean, it's good, isn't it, it is a huge, huge haul by Jeff Bowles. And the fact he did it in half an offseason is equally as impressive, although I think he had a pretty good idea that he was going to be the next head coach. He was able to do some pre-planning. But either way, the foresight, he should get credit for nonetheless if there was foresight and if it wasn't half an offseason the man is a genius it's a great recruiting class i think that i love saw but i think that in terms of wins and losses you felt this this truck of the ohio basketball program spinning its tires in the mud and i think jeff bowles is the is the truck that's backing up and pulling it out with momentum with players with excitement a new feeling and alumni coaching the team it just has all these good feelings around it that I'm truly, I was not excited last year for men's basketball. You just saw the writing on the wall. Um, unless Dardis magically came back, you knew that it was probably going to be a long season. And in fact, it was. But this year, they could literally be the same record as last year. I don't think they will be. But I'm just excited because it's youth, it's energy, it's pop, it's passion. There's a star player in the Convocation Center. I think Ben Roderick's got a chance to be really special. And I think this team has a chance to make a lot of noise this one. I think... All of it has has boiled together into a, a Bobcat basketball brew that's really tasty. Yeah. And I, I'm not a beer guy. Um, <laughs> but you have to have luck. And we've talked about it at length. Unfortunately, Saul Phillips and that staff just didn't have good luck. No. There, were, there were too many bad luck moments for them to overcome it. All right wrap that up that that's done now um and we've we've already gone combed through the Saul Phillips era and, and I, right again. exactly right and 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 again I think it's also very important to note that I think he's in a very good spot at Northern State it's a program that is supported uh top attendance in division two he's back in an area that he knows I think he's going to do very well there and I wish that it it worked out here all right fine Jeff Bowles has a, a real good combination and I haven't been around him a ton, uh, but he's got a good combination of of down-to-earth with some slick in him. You know what? I'm not saying that that I'm not saying dirty slick, which you're you're kind of associating with with guys like or whoever else, right? Yeah. I'm saying in the positive ways, he is down-to-earth, but he's got he's got some cool to him too. You know what? Um, and I think that that, combined with the fact that he's an alum, combined with the fact that he's had success as a head coach already, also the ties to the, the Ohio State program and the recruits that he brings in, um, it's all set up very well to have success. It really is. And you just hope that he has good luck to go with it, too. You know, this is I've not had a lot of opportunity to talk with Jeff Bull, so shoot this down if you think it's wild. Okay, That cool... That calm, that friendly face, the mm. guy you feel like you can approach with that. What is he up to also at the same time? He's up to something really smart, I feel like. 
That's the same way. That's the same exact feeling what you just described in the way Jeff Bowles, when you were saying that, it made me think of Mike Krzyzewski. Like that, that friendly face. You yeah. feel like everybody loves Coach K. They love him. But when you talk, like he's definitely thinking about way deeper things than you, and he's he's planning something, and he's always getting the next recruit, and he's always thinking ahead. Maybe a wide comparison, but in terms of attitude, I, th- I think it's not too far apart. I think just by nature, college basketball has to be that way for the people that are really, really successful at it. Which is a good sign Jeff Bowles is that way, though. You're, you're going to have that kind of layer to it. But Patino um, is, like, slimy, right? <laughs> well, um, but, like, you can see it on the court. And, and I love – and, and, they, and yeah. Keith Dambrod has done a lot of great things, whatever. <laughs> but he also has this – you're like, I just don't flat like him on the surface. He just doesn't look so like a friendly guy. You're, like you're, He's very friendly. I'm, I'm sure he's very – I'm now, he, sure he's very friendly. Keith Dambrod, he used to poke fun at me. They're still here, huh? <laughs> How many years for you there? Uh-huh. Well, I got I got I got uh, yelled at, not yelled at, but I got chastised on Twitter because I was really criticizing Keith Dambrot on Twitter um, for getting the T at the end of a tie game in a conference. Oh, Duquesne last oh, when year. Oh, he got ejected, yeah, yeah, and I just yeah. like this is ridiculous. Yeah, and I got he's like, yeah, he's a great coach, he's a That's... great guy, and I get that, but I have not gotten to see that part of Keith Dambrot. So when I get when I have to comment on a college basketball coach, I don't like. Right now it's Dambrot because when he was at the convo, I remember Max McDoolin and I, it was the last chance really I've had a chance to be just a fan. Okay. We're sitting in the front row and we gave him hell and he knew it. He was kept looking over at us <laughs> and he was very upset that game and Ohio was able to pull out a victory. Um, Two years ago? Yeah. I just don't, I just don't like I don't the way that. he prances around the sideline. I oh, think he just, you know. I just don't like it, but it's fine. He can be a great guy. I'd never seen him off the basketball court. And, and that's the thing about sports? Yeah, like you can dislike their sports character and not necessarily have to dislike the man. Correct. And that's another thing that makes sports so interesting. Because you see them in the arena, but you don't necessarily see them. Now, in Athens, you could see them everywhere. Um, but Akron's a big enough town where largely, you know, you, you might not see Keith Dambrod aside from the fact that he's on the sideline at the jar. Exactly. And so Athens, another reason why Athens is incredibly unique. Um, this is such, such a small, good community. You're going to see him. That you're going to see him. And if, so you're going to see all sides, um, which is pretty cool. And, and another reason why this place has, has been so great for so many people and um, will continue to be. But but again, to, to circle back to the Bulls thing um, and the overlying topic of, Things are things are going the right way. The off season was won. They won it. It was a great hire, and and he's been sprinting since the start, but in a cool and calculated cat fashion. And while connecting with the fans, I mean, he's doing it all right now. Yeah, he's I, doing it, everything the program needed, and, he, and he's been way more than I thought he would be. You know, it's interesting. I think he he was making some comments on social media during the NBA Finals. Just being a fan of the series. Exactly. Which I, I think that's another thing that you have to do now. But that social media allows you to do that. Um, and I think he embraces that. So that's another aspect, which, too, that's which Saul, which Saul didn't. I remember we had Saul on Sportsbeat when I was doing it for WOUB. And 
I made fun of him on the show for how inactive his Twitter was. It's just not something that Saul Phillips ever really found the time to do. One point I want to make circle tight little circle around is the, uh, the fact that athletes and coaches, they take real issue with guys like me. Right. And, and this is, this is a point I want to make for all broadcasters out there, right? We criticize the athlete. We say we don't like what they do in the arena. Like mm-hmm. I am towards Keith Dambrot, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like the way he coaches. I don't like his attitude. Mm-hmm. So what do I say on radio? I say, I don't like Keith Dambrot. Right. Now, it's going to be assumed that I don't hate the man because I've never met him or had a chance to have a conversation with him. Now, in reverse, see, the reason I don't feel sorry for guys being judged off what they do on the court is because you and I are in an industry where everybody listening will have an opinion of you and I just from hearing our performance on this radio show. And the fact that me... Who gets judged on my performance in a small arena, my entire personality can be judged, how I look, how I think, how I act, can all be judged based off what I write or what I speak. Mm -hmm. I think that for me being able to take that criticism, I feel like athletes who are receiving more compensation in every single aspect nearly than broadcasters should be able to handle that criticism as well and understand that. Listen, it's a job both ways. I'm I'm talking about your performance on the court. That's my job. Me talking about it makes people want to go to your game more. And when they go to your game, the sport gets more popular, so on and so forth. Like, broadcasting and sports are so necessary for each other. Like, think about where television would be without live sports right now. Sure. It'd be dead in the water. It is the most popular item on every major network is the live sports. Every major cable network is live sports, is the highlight of their program. And the same with sports to broadcasting. If sports weren't on TV, it wouldn't be as popular. It'd be a recreational thing. TV is what elevated sports. And I really just wish, and it's starting to get better, I really just wish that athlete and media would both understand each other's roles, be able to criticize each other, and at the end of the day walk away and say, but we're not judging the man behind the mic or the man behind the basketball. Uh, Or woman. Or um, yes, without a doubt. So he, here's here's part of it. Um, there's been long criticism of broadcasters saying that an athlete should have made a play, and the the criticism then falls to, well, if it was so easy, why don't you go out there and do it? That's well, not my job. Correct. So frame of reference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that athlete has gotten to that level, be it Division One college basketball or anything higher, because they have made plays like that in the past. Um, So if the play isn't made, I I always fall back to it, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but if you ask so-and-so, he will tell you that he probably should have made that play. Now, again, you got to know the player that you're talking about there. But again, it, it should be assumed that the broadcaster got to that level because they have had a body of work to get them there much like the player has gotten all that body of work to get them there. So you should be able to coexist with respect, knowing that the guy in the booth or girl in the booth is not, that's not their first day on the job. Um, and it's also not that athlete's first day on the job either. So that, that's where the criticism largely comes from of saying, well, you know, it's easy for you to say they should have made that play. Yeah, well. it's also, but just it's also the ability to realize what this is. It's just sports, right? If I criticize yeah. how you play at the end of the day, 
Like, that doesn't mean I hate you. Correct. Like, it doesn't. Like, right. and, and you have to be able to take this. I'm sorry. Now, high school, we make a real effort here. It's different. To never criticize individual high school kids. We might be able, we can say, if they make a poor play, we are going to have to say they made a poor play. That's it. We're not going to bury them. But if Javon Hagen doesn't wrap up on a tackle right. in a 28-28 game late in the max schedule. No doubt. The broadcaster has every right to say, Javon Hagen is a senior. Javon Hagen is a potential pro. He needs to be able to wrap up on that tackle. And this is, again, body of work. If you are being honest about the negatives, be honest about the positives. Exactly. But but gen- but I, I should say it in reverse. Um, you are not a cheerleader. I, I am not a cheerleader for Ohio football when I'm on the air. Now, there's a caveat to that. I hope that all of the fans or anybody listening to the game knows that I want Ohio to win. Yes. I am not going to lie for Ohio. No. Because my credibility is incredibly important. But again, that body of work, to to magnify the importance of the words that we're saying, that if you're saying something's great, that you have to say the, the, the opposite too. But if you say something's great, that should... Take the harshness off of saying something's bad, if, if you follow. Yeah, I follow. It, it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's called like a compliment sandwich. Like you, <laughs> If you want to insult somebody, you give them a compliment, then you insult them, and then you give them another compliment. And that's, I really like to criticize that. He's a great player, really needs to do this, but again, great player, or I expect him to do that in the future. And I think that's a fair way to criticize somebody. Where athletes have arguments is an unprepared broadcaster or a broadcaster no who has not done the necessary work. But if I research an opinion, if I say, I don't think you're a good quarterback, that does I'm not coming out there and saying, you're not a good quarterback without any sort of background research. Now, I could be wrong. Yeah. I may not have seen enough, but I've definitely at least looked into it enough to say it. This is a Reds affiliate. Yes. For years... Marty Brenneman has been telling it like it is Uh, because he can. Even though I've done years of baseball, if I were to take a job with the Reds, there is no way possible that first year Russ Eisenstein on the great Cincinnati Bell Reds radio network could say the things that Marty Brenneman is saying because of the body of the work and also the fact that he knows that this is his last year, too. So he's really going to let her all hang out. There was a... I listened yesterday. There was a runner thrown out at the plate, and it was a bad call by the third base coach. And he said that the third base coach has made some questionable decisions all year, and that was another one. Now, that's not something that one, two, three, or maybe four years into the Reds Radio Network you could say. But because of who Marty is, uh, his body of work... His legendary status, he can broadcast differently than Lucas Moore and Russell. Oh, without a, and that's that's something that I would not be comfortable at making that type of criticism. One, because there are so many things that could go into it that you just are not seeing from the booth. Like maybe no that, doubt, you know, it's probably the third bases coach fought faults, but I wouldn't be comfortable because maybe something else happened. I don't, I don't know. But you're right. If I were Marty Brenneman, I'm going to say what I think. Bodies uh, of work are important. Um, if if I'm on the air at Pitt or against Rhode Island or whatever, and, and it's year 12 at Ohio, um, I would broadcast differently and have more comfortability 
than if it were year one at X school. Yeah, the same happened for me with the Bulldogs. You know, the more the second season I did basketball, we walked right into the season. I knew what was going on. I knew what to expect from the team. I'd seen the players before. I was comfortable with the coaching staff. You're just ready. You're just you know what's going on. You you know this team. You right. know this community. You know who you're broadcasting to. You know where your stats are coming from the next game. That changes as you get higher in the levels. But when you're comfortable, you can just broadcast with more confidence. I want to talk specifically more about broadcasting and ask you a couple of cool questions about your 12 years sure. or upcoming 12 years <laughs> here at Ohio University. We'll be right back with the voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 730 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10 to 7. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for You. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants, and another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan, 970 WATH. 
97.1 FM, Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats, with us here in studio. What time is it? 6.53? That's seven minutes left. That's quick journalism math for you folks right there. Seven minus 53 or 100. Yep. Seven. You got it. Something like that, right? Yep. There you go. Clocks broadcaster math. Clocks and time. And, and and it's hard when you're actually putting words to it as you're doing it in your head. So I've, I've gotten caught on simple yeah. math problems where somebody's listening and is like, Really? You can't add those numbers together? Anyway. There is no bigger panic, ladies and gentlemen, than being a young broadcaster who is not a crazy math whiz, and there's a touchdown from the 32, oh. or there's a there's a run from the 32 to, like, the 21. Yeah. Which, how many yards is that? 32? 11. No, 32, 32 to the opposite 21. To the opposite. Uh, 18 and then uh, 29. Uh, is uh, 40, 47? Yeah, but like you're broadcasting. You can't know, do that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's really that's why, hard. That's why Rob Cornelius is there. Yeah, it's he true. has the ability to do that. See, but like I've got, I, sometimes I try, there's a little spinning. They've, the STAA yeah, has this like spinning yeah. thing to figure it out. No, no. And I've looked at it and I said, I would get lost in that. I'm not. You said you wanted to go rapid fire here. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple questions for you. Shoot. Favorite broadcast ever for Ohio? Uh, well, there are three. Or what are they? Uh, my favorite week at Ohio, favorite two weeks, was the 2012 NCAA tournament run because it was Nashville and Michigan, and I, I knew Ohio was going to win. Then it was South Florida to go to the Sweet 16. Then it was St. Louis and, and a city I know very well. And all of that together. Not to say that the bowl wins weren't cool and whatever. That was, to me... And plus, Tony Castricone was there as an engineer for us, too. He's now at Washington, an Ohio alum who's been in the studio, obviously working here before. Um, but that was my favorite couple of weeks as a broadcaster at Ohio. Yeah, it's crazy some of the alums. I was sitting with Dave Palmer today and going through the sports alums here. Uh, we stumbled upon three, like, either D1 or NBA broadcasters for, that I didn't even know worked here that are retired now, but they worked here, you know, in the well, 70s and 80s. Joe Tate, Chuck, uh, Chuck and on the NBA side, and, and yep. obviously uh, Tony at Washington now, and uh, Brian Bush doing what he's doing. And uh, so, yeah, there, there have been a lot of good ones here. Another question I have for you. Broadcasting pet peeves, if you had to, if you had to put one for, for broadcasters that you have. Um, Harry Homer... Peter positive can't stand it um also if there's a no hitter happening or a perfect game happening talk about it yeah like that the, one bothers me the broadcaster really bothers and I, yeah i so i guess maybe i i talked my way into the number one the broadcaster jinx philosophy is the dumbest thing when it comes to sports broadcasting especially if you're on radio if you're on radio and you're not telling people there's a no hitter in progress I, like, you should be fired they're, they're, whatever we say has no bearing on what it is that is happening. And if it did, we wouldn't be doing this. If you could speak that part of stuff into existence positively or negatively. Let us do that. Mm -mm. Right. So, yeah, that's a huge pet peeve. Be like, we got the best broadcaster. He just speaks all our wins into existence. Right. And the other part of that. Do you know how much broadcasters would make if we could influence games? And the other part of that, too. Harry Homer, Peter Positive, for Peter Positive's sake. if, If you lose by 40... There's no, why don't, what positives can you take out of it? I hate that question. That's awful. Yeah. That's yeah. so, it's terrible. You'll never hear me say that ever. All right. How about favorite off air moment during a broadcast? Favorite off air moment during a broadcast. Because I know you and Rob, you guys have fun. 
But what's a favorite off-air moment you can share? Um, it's possible the top three you can't share. I can't. You know, I there there <laughs> there's a lot that I can't share. That's just really funny. Um, we did a show on the floor at Louisville once. Um, so Charlie Strong is head coach at Louisville. We did a special show uh, down there the the night before the game. It was a Sunday game. Um, and we had set it up that we were at Papa John Stadium. We were going to do that special show before Ohio against Teddy Bridgewater and the Cardinals. Well, we had it all set up in the sports information department. Charlie Strong saw our window open, um, and so he sent the sports information department up there to say, hey, we couldn't be there because they were going through their walkthrough, which literally was them playing, like, tag football. And so we had to be on the air. Like, we were literally five, ten minutes before getting on the air. Grant Burkhart, myself, Rob Cornelius, were I suggested the sports information director, well, the table is of this height. They can't see us. We can't see them. Can We got to be on the air. Can we do the show from the floor? Thinking he would say, well, no, it's fine. No, he said, if you could do that, that'd be great. So we literally did an hour on the floor, Sitting underneath on the, floor. the table at Papa John Stadium while <laughs> while that was happening. So that, that like, was probably one of the more wild ones. Wow, like little kids playing underneath a fort. Yeah, it was, <laughs> man, it was high-level Division One college radio. <laughs> Got to get on the air. I tell you what, I've had a couple times... I've had to have a cell phone up to my ear, and then I got a headphone oh, jack in, and just yeah. those are just well. If, those if, are rough. If you work in, in in small market radio, you're in, before the advent of some newer technology. Marty to Marty over a phone line. Yeah, but we could talk forever about it. it. We could really talk forever, Russ. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hope to have you on more throughout the season. You bet. That was Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats. It's been a great episode of the Sports Fan. Check us out on Anchor FM, Spotify, and the new website, WATHSportsFan.com. Tyler Corbett wrote a great breakdown of the potential player of the year in the TVC Ohio. So go check it out. This has been the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.